And welcome to the Dark Side of Soul podcast. This is Joe. This is Sean. And thank you for joining us today. We have a uh, a topic that is uh, wow. It's it's f- still very relevant today. I remember this being more of a '90s talk, but with Dr. Kevorkian and all this. Mm. But since we are in Asia, here comes the dad joke. We're going to talk about <laughs> euthanasia. <laughs> young people of asia yeah they can't get jobs they can't that's a different topic altogether yeah <laughs> yeah and so but yeah euthanasia death with dignity dying with dignity assisted suicide uh a bunch of stuff i remember that in the 90s the dr kevorkian thing that was big yeah. on canadian big on canadian news as well lots of donahue and oprah episodes about it yeah Mm. those shows existed um but yeah uh, i don't think it's just in asia though i mean it's still it's still illegal in most parts of the world yeah um it's a lot of western countries um it's either legal uh, illegal or we'll get into it actually there's because there's there's passive euthanasia which which is um We'll get into that, which which is is legal in some places, including Korea. So, yeah, it's a contentious issue for sure. Mm. Uh, and growing in Korea, a bigger and bigger issue here that a lot of people are talking about. And um, yeah, there's going to be, I think, a shift in ideas. And just generally in thoughts about yeah. about the topic. So, because the interest in the debate is is ongoing. Yeah, Star Trek made a few episodes about it. Did they? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. But that was the '90s, though. They haven't made one recently. And Koreans don't watch. Korea doesn't want Star Trek. So, right. Yeah. Next gen. I think it was yeah, definitely next gen. Yeah, but uh, DS Nine might have ha- handled it as well. Mm, mm. I see. I see. So, um, anyway. Yeah, so I can just jump right into it. So first of all, of course, as with topics like this, issues like this, there's always a legal bend to it. So the legality of euthanasia in Korea is controlled by a particular law that's called the Act on Decisions on Life-Sustaining Treatment. And then the kind of the nickname for it is the death with dignity act and this was mm-hmm. just passed in 2018 well it was finally ratified it was um it or got went into went into law but it was proposed voted on uh years before 2018 and it finally went into law uh, in in 2018 um there was a test period though um initially during which more than 9,300 people, a terminally ill patients, submitted the form required for um, for looking for permission to be uh, uh, to receive the 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 the, um, the benefits of the act. Mm-hmm. So, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, and as of uh, late winter 2022. More than 1.2 million people submitted submitted uh, uh, the form to die with dignity. Wow. Um, so, 
so there are a couple of steps that have to be followed. So step one is first of all, you have to be an adult. You have to be at least 19 years old. So of course that makes sense. I think that's yeah. pretty much the case everywhere. Uh, step two, at least two doctors, although I did, I have seen another source say it has to be three doctors. Mm. Um, so there's some conflict in the sources that I'm, that I've been reading. Okay. So it's two or, or three doctors. Yeah. It can't be just uh, a doctor. Yeah. No. So have to confirm that the illness is terminal. So there's no chance of recovery. The person is going to die from this disease or complications of the disease. Yeah. So they're not going to survive it. That has to be confirmed. Um, step three, uh, the patient submits a written form stating their intention to die. They want to die. They are suffering. Um, there's no hope for them. And there's no point of them to continue. There could, could be a lot of different reasons involved. Or, or connected to that uh, uh, being people feel like they're a burden to family. Financial burden is a huge part of this because they just, even though Korea has a very good, generally affordable healthcare system, um, it's not affordable in, in the long term. If you're continually in hospital in a terminal state, it, it's, it can be very, very expensive. So yeah. it just, it's just unaffordable for a lot of people and they feel like they're a burden to their family <clears throat> and in reality they kind of are in a lot of cases even though it's it's a burden that people will take on without you know without real well the situation concern. is a burden i wouldn't say the person is a burden yes yes the situation of of what they're going through of a terminally ill family member so yeah it becomes complicated work becomes complicated daily life becomes complicated and even though people are willing to continue to help their loved one, um, it's not easy. It's really, really difficult. So, so there is, there is a good argument on that side. Uh, step four, if approved, all life sustaining medicines, procedures, and devices are stopped. So no more life sustaining medicine is given, no more procedures, would be administered like CPR um, and all devices like uh, like a respirator are turned mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And then, um, and then the person would just slowly die. Uh, but during this process, palliative care continues. They, they try, you know, the person isn't, they're still given morphine if they're in a lot of pain or, or whatnot, mm -hmm. but their life, um, they're, they're, left to die um, naturally, I guess is the way to put yeah, it. Yeah, because they're not giving anything that will speed it up. Right. The life's, that's right. That's right. So, the, yeah. so that, so that's more like what they'd say is like passive euthanasia. Yeah. Cause they wouldn't like, so if you're off the respirator, you're just going to have to suffocate to die. Yeah. Oh that's right. my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and if you are no longer given uh drug treatments um you know they're not the drugs that will help you that sustain your life you would be given like i said morphine um but uh, or whatever a, a painkiller would be okay. but yeah <laughs> Bottle, a few bottles of soju um and uh yeah and then then you're just you'll you'll die either slowly or or rather quickly suffocating would be awful of course but uh, I'd imagine that it's not that it's not long. 
I mean, you're, you die fairly, fairly quickly. Uh, so it is, so, so those are the steps under the current act that was, that was uh, finally put into place in 2018. It is illegal to take one's own, one's own life, uh, even for terminally ill patients who are suffering, suffering yeah. in a, in a medical setting. Yeah. You can go uh, to prison cannot, for that. Yeah. Uh, so you can't take it. <laughs> Well, you, so you can't take your own, own life, which would be active euthanasia or aggressive euthanasia, you might say as well, or, or um, you know, doing it to yourself. Um, so now the act is a little bit convoluted, I find. Um, nonetheless, mostly pretty easy to, to understand. So as I said, so passive euthanasia is allowed under the act uh, and it ceases life prolonging treatments. Um Measures are restricted, uh, but uh, they allow for terminally ill patients to reject treatments if they're supported by the hospital ethics committee. So it's another component. Uh, family members also sometimes are considered important. Uh, family members have to agree, uh, which I'm not entirely certain how that would work. Because, uh, I mean, if you're suffering, if you're old and you're suffering... And then your kids are like, no, don't do it. Um, I'm not sure how how good that is, but that's part of the part of the the act. Um, so essentially, if treatment isn't going to prolong life, then it's possible to get this this uh, to be to to be eligible for the act, and then uh, this passive euthanasia can be administered. Um, but now the revision, this is a big thing. There is a call for revision. And this would be a major change to the act itself. It would allow patients to directly and solely appeal to doctors. So it would no longer require an ethics committee. It would no longer require um, family members being involved. It would essentially become assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. So um, this also has steps. Step one would be making an official request to the Ministry of Health and Welfare. So I guess you have to, whatever, go through the processes to get in touch with them and make mm-hmm. the official request. Step two is the ministry and doctors review the request. Uh, then step three is it can be denied or approved. And if it's approved, the patient makes then a request to a doctor to perform the procedure. And uh, so then this becomes a physician physician-assisted dying, active mm-hmm. euthanasia, uh, and the doctor will be free from criminal charges if the doctor agrees to do so. That's mm-hmm. what the revision would, would do. Uh, as of now, if a doctor does this, no, jail time. They go to jail for murder. Right. So it, it is illegal. So um, now that, that's, that, that's the, the law as it stands and the revision that is on the table which is as last I've read is a li- is kind of dead at the national assembly right now. Uh, it's just kind of it's still, still tabled. It's doesn't seem to be much movement on it, even though there's a big push for it in society. And so which demographic Joe, would you say is the biggest supporter of this revision? Gosh, I don't I would think the elderly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you got three guesses and the first two don't count. It's obviously, yeah, it's obviously the elderly. So um, it is the elderly, but most surveys <clears throat> show a very wide support. 
and the support is growing. So a national, a Seoul National University survey in 2008 showed a 50% support. In 2021, it was 76%. Yeah. So that's pretty fast. Yeah, growth. we change fast. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, but I mean, I think there's, uh, for, for, it's just showing that there's advocation. The people are advocating for this. And um, a lot of the arguments are kind of on the, on, on the side, in my, in my opinion, on the favor advocates uh but there are questions um even though um you know patients are allowed the revision would allow patients to state their wish to die what happens with terminally ill patients who can't communicate right so that is an issue and something has to be done that would while they're able to communicate, they would have to state their want to die. Then this creates an even bigger issue, another issue that people start debating and talking about, like, oh, well, maybe they weren't in their right mind at that time. And maybe they, maybe at the time that they're in this coma, they, they would have changed their minds. So it just creates another problem, another another hurdle for for the, the passing of the law. Um, but generally, uh, like I said, Korea is becoming the support for it. Uh, we talked about el- the elderly generally support this the most. Korea is becoming super aged. And I think we've mentioned this a couple of times. Um, very old society, lowest right. birth rate in the OECD, I think. Not not in the world, but maybe in the OECD anyway. Right. right. So dying with dignity is becoming more and more relevant. Um, and, um, another thing too, is kind of related to that. And this is just kind of my own addition here, but I think as a society becomes older and methods that help us live longer, become better, more efficient, um, we just tend to live longer in discomfort, I think generally, um, we, I don't know, we, we get old and, and our, our, uh, our bodies start to break down and our muscles get sore and our bones ache. And yeah, it's something we just have to continually deal with as, as we, as we get older. So, um, so that, that, that's something that's, that's, um, that's part of this as well, I think. So that's why the, the, the support is growing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to deal with a lot more yeah, uh, older people have a lot more tolerance for pain, chronic pain. Mm. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there... studies have been done about that uh, because we have to live with it. <laughs> no choice, right? And you have you have more more decades of <clears throat> more decades of actually living with it. Yeah, practice. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, essentially practice. So, so there are groups in Korea um, that that run surveys and, and whatnot. Um, so, uh, there's one group that's called the good. It's, it's unfortunate name in English. Um, they should have asked somebody to kind of help them, uh, smooth out the English, yeah. but it says it's good death. Well dying Institute. So, uh, it supports <laughs> and it holds seminars, uh, on, on the issue. And it's one of the biggest ones in Korea right now. Is it like a variation of well-being, well dying? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I is. 
I think that's what it is as well. Oh Good death, my. well dying institute. Yeah. Oh my. So, although you can you can see this the, the expression of uh, a dying well. You can also see that uh, uh, online um, in different people talking about it. So yeah, yeah, I see that, but it's, it's not as lame. Uh, no. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Something about compassion, I think, uh, would be a better use for the name. Yeah. What, yeah. I such. Yeah, I think so as well. So, so now there are several. Speaking of compassion, there are several broad arguments in support of euthanasia, and this isn't just specifically in Korea. These are very, very broad arguments that you can find across the board around the world. And one of the the main arguments for euthanasia and support of it is the compassion argument. So it's compassionate to remove one. Or help remove one, or support a person who wants to remove themselves from suffering. Right. So that's probably the biggest um, argument in support uh, because we do this with our pets. Yeah. You know, if our, if our if our pets are in a lot of pain, the vet says, you know, I can give you another round of drugs or something. Might give give your cat another month or two, but the cat's not living well. The, you know, just sleeping all the time, getting thinner, losing appetite. That's like she's dying. So it's just, she's coming to the end of her her cycle, her, her end of her life. So, um, you know, it might be better to to euthanize the pet. So, mm. yeah. And why don't we have that same compassion for ourselves? That's essentially what this argument mm-hmm. often states. Yeah. There's also the autonomy argument, and this is interesting this is probably the most interesting one for me it's the human right to choose do we have the right to choose our own deaths and that creates a big yeah a big debate yeah because then Uh, then just suicide you can't you want to on that and then you say suicide is uh autonomous right that's right and then but but then also this idea i think that's where the word dying well comes in or dying with dignity especially Mm -hmm. comes into place because dying by suicide like if you leap from a building or something yeah that's not dignified no 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 you rarely look good yeah so go to um, go to what what is that what is that old old website rotten.com that a whole suicide section no one looks good in rotten.com no one dies well yeah so i think that's part of it um yeah that's a big part of the autonomy argument set do we have the right to choose but to choose with dignity and if we can choose we can choose a dignified death and that's that's the core of this argument right and so uh there's also the public policy arguments uh which says that if it is if death with dignity is safely regulated by legislation by the government that means people uh, probably won't do very tragic things like uh you know some of the 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 very tragic things of how people take their own lives so it would be safely regulated so that's another core of that argument as well there's more to each one of these arguments but they're very, very big, and and uh, um, we probably just don't really have time to talk about all of them. Um, 
But of course, there's opposition to this as well. So in Korea, Christian groups, of course, they widely reject euthanasia, just like they do around the world. They're, they don't support it. Churches and Christian organizations and whatnot. Um, Buddhist organizations as well. Um, Confucianism as well is is very anti-suicide. Uh, so, um, so especially the neo the Korean neo-Confucianism. So, no surprise here that that religions um, and religious groups don't support it. Um, mm. But also, the Korean Medical Association isn't necessarily for it either. They're they're kind of they're not really on the fence so much as that they're very cautious about the issue itself and stating outright that they support it. Mm -hmm. They want more public consensus. Right. Because, you know, a lot of them go to those same churches that are against it and they will lose positions in their churches. That's right. That's right. So I've been to a lot of hospitals or clinics or pharmacies, uh, drugstores in, in Korea that will have Bible verses up on the wall. Oh yeah. 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 And of course there are, there are, uh, christian hospitals catholic right. hospitals um, severance uh, is severance is a christian hospital right right a couple of the really big ones so severance yeah. st mary's yeah in, in, in oh, Unpyong. and, and, and yoido too there's a there's a catholic one and yeah st mary's okay. yeah 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 that's the big one and the new the new one is just up the highway from me um right in the the border between uh seoul and Goyang, which is mm-hmm. kind of the, the northeastern tip of Goyang. Yeah. So yeah. So they definitely North, don't northwestern, support it. right? Northwestern. North. No, northeast. Northeast. Northeast of Goyang. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking northwest of Seoul. Sorry. Sorry. No, northeast of Goyang. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, and so yeah. So they also have the Korean Medical Association has concerns about the clarity of the me- of the laws or the measures that would protect doctors. They, as far as I've been able to decipher from reading, they are not entirely sure or comfortable with the way the laws are stated. They think they wouldn't be fully protected. So I think they also want better language in the mm-hmm. act. So, and that, that is a good argument against it for now. Right. I think if you are concerned, if the doctors themselves do have to be concerned about this issue, they have to know that if they support it and then they would help a person in Seoul or Daegu or Jeju to, to take their lives, to die with dignity, those doctors have to know they're not going to go to jail for it. Yeah. Protecting from those families. Uh, yeah so so the just generally yeah they have to be protected so and and that's a very legitimate concern yeah Um, yeah so (laughs) yeah so there are also very um broad several broad arguments uh uh, against dying with dignity with assisted suicide and whatnot um and one of them is called the alternatives arguments and this argues that there are alternative treatments these exist and they should be used. There's no need for patients to die in order for symptoms to die. Mm-hmm. That's that's the argument that they mm-hmm. make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, it's not necessarily always the case in that, that when people try to counter that particular argument. But that's the core of that alternative. The alternatives argument. 
alternatives, treatments exist. They should be used uh, to the fullest before anything else. Um, the no right argument. Uh, this says that assisted suicide is killing and uh, everyone has the right to not be killed. So it argues that no matter what, assisted suicide is the doctor killing or help, uh, killing the, the patient. And therefore, um, it cannot be justified because it, it just becomes murder. Mm, okay. I mean, it's like, you know, again, someone jumping off the building, blaming the ground for killing them. But okay. Um, yeah. Maybe. Mm, yeah. But, but there's. Okay. That's a bad analogy, but, you know, there's yeah. something in there. There's something in there. Yeah. For, for or like, you know, blaming the Qualia Adishi, the, 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 for not locking the door on the roof or something like that. He's mm. part of, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but that's the no right argument. No one has the right to do it. Um, and then there's the slippery slope argument, which means that allowing assisted suicide could lead to doctors deciding for patients and not getting consent. And this allegedly, uh, and not allegedly, actually it has, I've looked it up. It has happened in places. It's happened in uh, Netherlands where doctors did uh, take a patient's life Commit, euthan commit euthanasia, uh, perform euthanasia mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, without the consent or the explicit consent of the patient. So then the opposition argument says, see, that can't happen. Because yeah. if it's not consensual, then it's illegal. Just like everything. If, if there's like everything, if something is not consensual, it be, it's illegal. Right. Right. And so, and then that's their argument. It can lead to non-consensual cases. Um, so another argument that's made that just broadly um, that I've seen in media, in the Korean media as well, uh, that assisted suicide weakens society's respect for life. Now, I kind of, I don't necessarily agree with that because um, that would mean that like we would be allowing people without any sickness at all to just like, yeah, I'm done. And then right, they just, right. yeah, it's not, that's not what's going to happen. I don't think. Um, but of course there's the fear that, you know, you know, um, yeah, it's like a Stone like episode or something, you know, you're right. like, I'm trying to tell you I'm okay. I'm okay. It's like, it's the fear of being buried alive mm. in that category of being, being told. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, we should we should commit you and euthanasia and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, the concern about it, it just things changing and getting out of hand and out of control and then moral decline. That's always an argument for everything. You create moral decline. Yeah, and I'm always weary whenever anyone says something is creating a moral decline. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Let's let's look at it a bit more, a bit bit more closely. So, okay. So there are a couple of cases um, uh, that I want to bring want to bring up, and one of them is going to relate back to or relate forward to something else that I'll bring up in a few minutes. But 
uh, one case of uh, Kim Kyung Tae. So in his 40s. So Kim suffers from complex regional pain syndrome. Now, I looked this up and I got all the information that I'm going to share here from medical websites, um, from uh, the uh, University of Toronto uh, and uh, from John Hopkins University website, uh, just to, to verify all this information about uh, about the complex regional pain syndrome, just to get an idea of what Kim Kyung Tae is going through. So it is a severe condition that causes pain, very intense pain. This is the key thing, very intense pain, even at the slightest touch. So even a breeze, if you're sitting in front of your window on a beautiful spring morning and the birds are chirping, it's beautiful, you're having a, a coffee, enjoy, enjoying the warming weather, and a light spring breeze comes through the window and touches your skin, it causes excruciating pain. Yeah, I would guess the coffee would too. Well, yeah, touching touching your lips maybe. Yeah, yeah, hot <laughs> but, coffee. Yeah, but um, but the thing is, uh, it also causes swelling, uh, loss of range of motion, so you can't, you can't move as as much, and things like that. But it usually impacts the limbs, including the hands and the feet. So. It usually develops after some sort of physical injury or physical trauma. Uh, and this includes surgery. And even after minor injuries, people, there are, there are records, reported cases of people getting complex regional pain syndrome after spraining an ankle. So mm-hmm. unfortunate, terrible, a terrible thing, just spraining your ankle. And then you have this syndrome that you can't get rid of. Uh, and the worst part is that the exact cause of it is unknown. Doctors do not know what causes it, what what causes it to occur. They do think that it might be the immune system, uh, some some sort of disorder of the immune system. So, um, so that's what Kim is suffering, and um, he goes through this daily. And um, he one day may want to die, and die with dignity is the key thing. Um, so he joined something called uh, Dignitas, uh, an organization in Switzerland, to show how serious he is about potentially um, wanting to die with dignity at some point in the future if the his uh, CRPS uh, becomes worse. And I will get to Dignitas in a couple of minutes. Another case, which was uh, a pretty big one, was a man... That's happening right now. Mm. Uh, this is currently a case uh, of a man named Im Young-shik. He's in his 60s. He had some sort of skin disorder. And he was given an injection of some sort to help treat the skin disorder. And then he had an adverse reaction to the injection. And it made him paraplegic. He cannot move from the chest down. So he's just in constant pain and um, can't can't move his legs, um, and he wants to die with dignity. The same thing I was reading how he feels like he's a burden to his family. Um, it's becoming expensive, a financial burden as well, and in uh, just he's in pain. He's just in a bed and he can't move. He has to be rolled. He has to be moved, you know, to avoid bed sores and everything. Mm-hmm. 
and things like that. So he just wants to die with dignity. But of course, it's not possible in Korea. So he really wants to go to countries where he can where he can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he can't go there. He can't he can't fly. He can't take the long flight to these countries like Switzerland, the 11, 12 hour yeah. flight to Switzerland. He can't take it. He, he lives in Jeju. He can't even fly to Seoul. Ah. The flight, the flight's just too long. He can't, he can't endure sitting down for that long. This is too painful. So that's currently a case that is in the media. Um, and it's in, it's, um, it's in the, the government consciousness, the social consciousness of this man who just wants to stop his suffering, but he's not able to. He has to continually endure it because he's not allowed to to die with dignity. So with these two cases specifically, there is the idea of going overseas. And uh, so, like I said, that's what Im Young-shik wants to do, but he cannot do. And that's what Kim Kyung Day, Kim Kyung Tae has set himself up to do. So he, I mentioned, he joined a a group, an organization called Dignitas, and uh, it's a Swiss nonprofit. It provides a, phy- a physician doctor assisted suicide, uh, founded in 1988, um, and. It's allowed to exist because Switzerland legalized assisted suicide in 1942. A long wow. time ago. Yeah, very ahead of uh, ahead of the curve. So, um, so yeah. So this organization helps people, even foreigners. They allow foreigners uh, to come in and um, and die with dignity. Um, it requires membership. Uh, many Koreans are members. Um, and right now, as far as I can tell, there are over a hundred Korean members of, uh, Dignitas in mm-hmm. Kim Kim Tae is one of them. So, but, um, they have up to, up to now, they've assisted over 3,200 people, terminally ill patients die. Uh, but they also provide counseling, suicide prevention, mm-hmm. uh, but they also advocate right to die legislation globally. So they advocate and they, I guess they kind of nudge other governments to at least consider it or do a little bit, do a little bit more for it. So, but that's not the only organization that does this. There's another one, which is also Swiss. It's called uh, Pega, uh, it's, it's Pegasus, but the way they spell it is, it looks like Pega, Pegasus. Pegasus. Yeah. yeah. And all these Greek so, and names. Yeah. Okay. It looks like Pega SOS. So, um, so the Pegasus Swiss Association, um, again, Swiss nonprofit provides uh, doctor assisted suicide. It was founded just in 2019, just a few years ago. Mm. They came, that organization came into the media spotlight because they helped David Goodall die. Do you know David Goodall, the very famous botanist? No, sorry. A very famous, very very famous scientist. He's a botanist uh, from Australia. Um, uh, very well respected in in the science field. Um, he uh, was a huge advocate for legalizing euthanasia for for right to die legislation. He argued one of his one of Goodall's main arguments was 
a real full citizen having real full citizen citizen rights should include the right to die through assisted suicide. Mm. And so he famously said when he went to uh, Pegasus because uh, he organized it, when he was signing the papers to agree that he, you know, he's going to do it. He famously said, I'm not ill. I just want to die. Hmm. So he was hundred, he was 104 years old. He was tired. He's probably just exhausted. Yeah. And things were had a pretty boring, had a pretty full life. And he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. And so, yeah, he, he lay down, he had this, had the process done up. He was surrounded by his family and he hit the lever to, uh, you know, for, for the, the drugs to go into his system. Mm-hmm. And he was listening to Beethoven's ninth symphony mm. as he, as he died. So that's what made Pegasus quite well known because they assisted uh, David Goodall. And he had to go to Switzerland because Australia also doesn't allow it. Mm. So now Pegasus also helped um, a Korean, more specifically a Korean Australian man. Um, He had terminal lung cancer and he wanted to die and uh, went to Pegasus, got their services. Uh, When he arrived in Switzerland, had a huge party with all of his loved ones the night before he gave them gifts. He joked about death. He's like, Oh, when the doctors came the next day into the room, he's like, Oh my, the grim reapers here. And he was joking about, you know, he's really chipper and he was fine. Uh, But apparently at the party the night before, which was of course was a goodbye party, a fare thee well party in the truest sense. Apparently people were taking turns going to the bathroom to cry. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so he lay in bed at the Pegasus Institute at the association's room. The doctors came in, they hooked up the IV and, um, even before the doctors finished explaining the procedure about what was going to happen, he already pushed the button. He didn't even wait for the explanation. And uh, apparently, according to the reports from, from uh, there was a famous writer that was there, a very well-known Korean writer yeah. who was there. Um, they said that he died with a smile on his face. Mm. So, and I'm calling him just an Korean Australian man because his name was never revealed to the public. Okay. He didn't. He did. He didn't want his name revealed to the public. He wanted his family to have privacy. And so, and um, yeah, that's it. So those are some examples of the laws that govern this <clears throat> in Korea, the calls for change, for revision, for updating, and a couple of cases of Koreans going overseas and a and a a wish for Koreans to go overseas just so they can die with dignity because Korea doesn't allow it yet. So yeah, I don't know. I think maybe we can end with some of our thoughts on that. Um it's generally uh I've always had the idea that it's easier to let ourselves go than to let our loved ones go. Right. And it's i think it would be easy for me to make a decision for myself but 
it would be a lot harder if I have a loved one who told me they wanted to do it. But at the same time, I would respect their right to choose that, especially if they were just terminally ill. And they're like, I, the doctor says I have six more months and I can't endure this pain for six months. This is too hard. Mm-hmm. And I would, yeah, I'd be heartbroken, but I mean, at the same time, I'd be, yeah, okay. They, I get would, break it. My, they would break my heart to see them go through so much pain. Right. And I think that's where I do fall in with the compassion argument more strongly than the other ones. Uh, yeah. And I'm also now, uh, uh, oh, God, such a sensitive subject, mm. but I just, the older we get, the more experience we have with losing loved ones. And mm. we, mm. we, uh, it's, we're more, I don't know, what's the word? We've had more practice in letting people go that we love. More experience, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the word for it. We we know the pain. We know the pain that's about to happen. And mm-hmm. we see how futile it is to hang on to someone when there's mm-hmm. no way to, that they're going to stay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, um, I mean, I've had, yeah, I've had to do that quite a bit recently. Um, mm. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I think euthanasia, it, for me personally, if if there's just no other way and it's ending their suffering, mm. and they don't yeah. owe me, and they don't owe me any money, um, <laughs> yeah, get that money first. Um, yeah, I'm weird that way with death. I when someone tells me someone dies, the, my first reaction is to make a joke. Mm-mm. Um. What was it? It was in high school. Uh, I was in boarding school and early in the morning, just one of our, my friends came over before we had breakfast and he said, yeah, they found one of our friend had committed suicide the night before. Mm. And my first reaction was, oh, I still owed him 20 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first thing I said. (laughs) It's like, that's the first thought of mine is I still owed him 20 bucks. I still do. I never paid him back. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, no. Uh, you like owe it to his family now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, I don't really have really strong feelings about it. Uh, mm. And I, I, even when it was like the, the hot topic of the 90s, I went in, in, I think it's just, I've not, I've not been in that situation though, where a loved one is in that terminal stage and they want to, they want to die. Mm. I've had that with pets, of course, but not with yeah, sure. the, 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 with someone I know, a human I know. Uh, mm. But I've I've watched them go through hospice. Uh, yeah, right, All right, yeah. So yeah, I mean the the clo- well, my daughter, but I mean that was because di- she was in a coma, so that was different. And she's a, she was four years old, she's just a child, so. That was totally different. But my yeah. father, I wasn't there because I was my father. He was, of course, in, in Canada, but um, but he was in a lot of pain. And Canada does allow it, but um, assisted suicide. But um, um, my father never asked for it. Mm-hmm. He never brought it up. He just endured it. He got a mm-hmm. shit ton of morphine at the end, as far as I know. My mother was saying, <laughs> my mother was saying, like, yeah, he was out of it the last couple, yeah. of, like, maybe, the last maybe he's just enjoying the morphine so much. He's like, nah, I want to stay. I want to make this last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, and, and and you know, and then I think another argument could be brought up too because 
when my my mom called me and said okay your your father's gonna be gone soon you better get here uh i was like oh shit all right and so i started looking for tickets plane mm-hmm. tickets it took me a day and a half or so to to get a ticket because i had to leave suddenly and uh, it was summer oh, so no. it was peak travel season ticket was really my mom paid for it but um but uh she said i'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll pay for your ticket i i that was neither here nor there but but i mean getting the ticket was hard and i did go on standby and but in the end i, I ended up getting a seat and i had to fly through new york Mm-hmm. And everything I had, like I had a long layover in New York, mm-hmm. uh, and and whatnot, and um, it just it was just a hassle to get home, but and and just try to see him before he left. And um, the morning I got, I got up really early in the morning to get ready to go to Incheon Airport, and my brother called me and said, "Your dad, your dad just died," oh, so I didn't, I didn't make it. So. So there is the argument also that could be made that if somebody is in is terminal, they're in pain and they plan a specific time to do it, that gives the chance for people to say goodbye. That's true. That is true. And I think I think that could be that could be something that could be stapled to the compassion argument as well. Yeah. It's compassion for the people who are left behind. Yeah. Fit into right. people's schedules, why don't you? You know? Yeah, jeez. Jeez, yeah. father. <laughs> I wouldn't consider it. I told you, you I joke with death. I that's my, oh, my father. Coping. I joke. My father. My father would laugh at that. He'd be yeah. all over. It. He'd be all. <laughs> he'd be all over that. He's like, not my goddamn fault. You were late. <laughs> Is that how he talked? Well, yeah, he'd, he'd probably, <laughs> cool. So. Well, I like you know. Thank you for sharing that, Sean. That was yeah, that was really cool. Mm. That was really cool. Um, well, you want to want to wrap things up a little bit? Yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up. So anyone yeah, has their commit, like, do a little euthanasia on this episode. You, you know, let's, kill, let's, let's help let's this episode it. die. Um, but if anyone has any because like it's contentious, uh, and and people have all their opinions. So if anyone wants to share their opinions, yeah, just just comment. Uh, on where we post this on Facebook right. and whatnot. Yeah, so just put. Uh, put your comments down in the place where you do that yeah and now you're going to hear an ad about our ghost tour (laughs) (laughs) all right so um like thank you for listening uh uh, right now, uh, I would say on our website we do have gift cards. Uh, if you want, if you're in the, this is the holiday season when we're uh, recording and releasing this. So if uh, if you want to consider having a gift card, uh, in fact, the Soul Hike is now on Forbes list of holiday gifts you can give what? To someone. <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Joe sends me. He's like, you're going to want to read this article. I'm like Forbes. <laughs> All right. I'm like I mean. Sometimes I read Ford, Forbes articles and he's like 2023 gift guide for people who love Korea. And I'm like, oh, all right. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe the dark funny. side. I thought it was, I thought it would have been dark side. I was like, yeah. oh, it must, must be dark side or something. And I was scrolling through. It was like the comic can't be here. And I went through that and I was like, soul hike. That's my tour. <laughs> I'm, I'm <not> get there. <laughs> Feels good. Doesn't it? 
Uh, well, I, yeah, I've been weird. Just yeah, so the, the, the writer of the article just, and I would have skipped that because I thought it was, I thought it was spam. And mm. uh, yeah, the article said, yeah, you're included in this. Oh, <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Katie Chang. Right? Yeah, 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 Katie yeah. Chung. Thank you so thank much. You, thank, thank you, Katie. So do the whole, do the soul hike, everyone. <laughs> yeah, great. do the soul hike. Soul hike. Do the soul hike. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, you got the soul hike. You can. You, I mean, for your friend. For I mean, it's cool. Giving giving someone an experience rather than just another gadget trinket or something that they're going to throw away after a while. But you don't throw away memories, especially if they're good, especially with her us. Um, yeah, we do have gift cards, and you, or you can also just book a tour for them if 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 it's cool and surprise them with a tour. Um, we have that available for you right now. Um, yeah, we got some new things. We finally have Dark Side of Soul pins, P I N S, that little badges that you can put. Uh, I'll figure out a way to make them more available. They will be available on our tours, but uh, or yeah, they'll be available on the tours. But I'm going to try to figure out a way to send them out. Uh, by mail that is affordable. It doesn't cost thirty dollars to to send a pin. Oh, Korea. Um, we're working on that. Uh, so we got stuff, and we have, but we also have the the comic books, so you can get uh, online versions too. Send them as as gifts as well. Um. So, uh, but you can also get the comics if you're in Seoul. You can go to the Dyson Comics Cafe near Jungheonpyeon Station to get the comics. Mm-hmm. The Dark Side of Soul podcast is produced by Joe McPherson and Sean Morrissey. Uh, our opening and closing music is by Sadak-san, which you can find on Bandcamp under Deju Digital. We'd like to thank our top-tier patrons, Angel Earl, Joel Bonamini, Sharon Cullen, Devin Hifner, Minsuk Lee, Gabby Palomino, Steve Marsh, Mitchie Brewer, Ron Chang, Mackenzie Moore, Hunter Winter, Cecilia Lufgren-Dumas, Emily Umba, Josephine Reedberg, David Weatherly, and Jenna Song. You too can join the patrons uh over at patreon.com slash dark side of soul and uh yeah thank you for listening this was a pretty heavy episode i must say mm. but uh, i think we i learned a lot and uh that's what we do we try to grow <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah until next time stay spooky good night